second reading this morning comes from Genesis as we begin the series together on laughter and the spiritual life. Hope to have some fun these four weeks as we cover this topic. It'd be kind of silly if we talked about laughter and never laughed. This is the story of the announcement of Sarah's pregnancy, Abraham and Sarah. The Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Mamre as he sat at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day. He looked up and saw three men standing near him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent entrance to meet them and bowed down to the ground. <clears throat> they said to him, where's your wife Sarah? And he said, there in the tent. Then one of them said, I will surely return to you in due season, and your wife, Sarah, shall have a son. Sarah was listening at the tent entrance behind him, and Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age. It had, been, it had ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. So Sarah laughed to herself saying, after I've grown old and my husband is old, shall I have pleasure? The Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, shall I indeed bear a child now that I'm old? Is anything too wonderful for the Lord? At the set time, I will return to you in due season, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied it, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. And God said, oh yes, you did laugh. The word of the Lord. Join me in a prayer. What a fun story. Reveals to us playful nature of who you are, O oh God. We ask that you use that story to speak to us today, rekindle in us the playfulness that might truly be part of our own spiritual life and how we live. Greet us this morning with your word, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. <clears throat> a man walks into a strict monastery to begin the process of becoming a monk. You may have heard this one. And he walks into the abbot's office for the first time and the abbot looks at him to explain the rules and he says, I want you to understand this is a, you're taking a vow of silence. You're only allowed to speak two words every five years. You understand? Man nods and, and goes off. After the first five years, he comes back to the abbot's office and they sit down together and the abbot says, well, brother, you've done fine these first five years. What do you have to tell me? And the man looks at him and he says, food cold. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Well, we'll take care of that. We'll make sure that doesn't happen again. Goes off. Another five years passes 
And they comes back into the abbot's office. The abbot looks at him and says, it's been 10 years, brother. What do you have to say to me today? And he looks at him and he says, bed, hard. Oh, I'm so sorry. We'll make sure to take care of that, fix that for you. Another five years passes and they get together one more time and, and the abbot says to him, he says, been 15 years, what would you like to tell me today? And he says, I'm leaving. <laughs> to which the abbot says, well, I'm not surprised at all. All you've do, done is complain since the moment you got here. <laughs> Even when it's just a minor chuckle, it feels good to laugh, doesn't it? A good laugh can magically begin to dislodge some of the crud that builds up inside of us from living our daily lives. A good laugh at the right time can be therapeutic. But should we laugh in church? Is laughter spiritual? Some strands of Christianity would say, no, it's not. It's not spiritual. Absolutely not. The old Puritan tradition from which we stem was pretty heavy on laughter. They, they leaned hard against laughing thought of it as an excess that tends too much to temptation laughing. So they, they frowned upon it. So much so that when someone even chuckled, they would often feel like they did something wrong and would have to come in and confess their levity. Because, you know, faith is serious stuff. It does not have room for excesses such as laughter. And it is. It is serious. Faith is serious. It's a deep commitment. Following Jesus Christ is a serious matter. But, but are we supposed to be serious and solemn all the time? I mean, if we're supposed to be serious and, you know, like this all the time, then why does Paul say and mention joy as one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Why does Paul say things like rejoice in the Lord always? Again, I say rejoice. Why would he say that if we're supposed to be serious all the time? Why when we read the birth story of Jesus and the Easter story, do we get this deep sense of overwhelming giddiness and playfulness that seems so spiritually right? Why? Why would prominent theologians like Karl Barth say things like laughter is the closest thing we have to the grace of God? Why would he say that? Could it possibly be that laughing has a role to play? in our spirituality? Can a good laugh help connect us to God? Well, I believe it can. Surprise, surprise. I believe it can. I also believe that when we read the Bible, we often miss the humor. It gets lost on us. 
It's not our fault. We come by it rightfully. Uh, Je Jesuit priest James Martin, who wrote a book that I'm reading to help with this series called Of Heaven and Mirth, talks about how the Gospels in particular, he says the Gospel writers, they tended to play down the humor in Jesus' life and in his ministry. Why? Because that was not their focus. Their focus was to talk about and make sure they got across the crucifixion and everything that, that went up to the crucifixion. That was the, the point of the good news at the bottom, at the base of it, right? So that was their focus. So they didn't say play down some of the more humorous elements, he claimed. And so because of that, we read the Gospels and the Bible through a more serious lens. And we miss the humor that's actually there. There's a lot of humor still in Scripture, but we miss it. Many of the parables that Jesus told would have come across as ridiculously funny in that day. Some of them just, just outlandishly funny to strike a point, but it gets lost on us. You try to tell, for example, a four-year-old about lines where Jesus says things like, stop looking for the speck in someone else's eye because you've got a log in your eye. Four-year-old's going to laugh. Why? You've got a log in your eye. That's funny. It's funny. But we're so used to just looking at it seriously, right? Zacchaeus. You know the story of Zacchaeus? Here's this prominent citizen. Has, you know, garners respect. May not be liked, but garners respect. High standing. Has staff to do things for him. And what does he do? He climbs up into a tree to get a glimpse of Jesus. That's funny. In that day, that would actually make them laugh. It's funny. The Psalms in the Old Testament, most of them, a lot of them, a good portion of them really, are songs of praise. So filled with playfulness and laughter that they're to the point of almost exploding. The very last line in the very last Psalm says, let everything that breathes praise the Lord. You can't praise without at least a half smile on your face. The very first word, the very first psalm we just read a moment ago is happy. Happy. Happy are those who delight in the law of God. Happy are those. There's more humor and playfulness in Scripture than we realize. But once we see it, the role that that laughter plays in Scripture can teach us about the role that laughter can play in our spirituality. In our spirituality. Laughter can be a gift. Which brings us to today's story. I love this story. It's a great story. I actually read it like a comedy. I tried a moment ago, a little bit, but it, I feel like it's a comedy. It's this dramatic 
kind of comedy unfolding. The announcement that, that Sarah's going to have a baby. And it's not funny because Sarah laughs. It's the way that she does it. I feel like she's one of those people that if she were to have an alternative route, she'd have been a comedian. She's got great comedic timing. She's not even present. She's kind of off to the side, and you just hear her laughter come intruding into the conversation that Abraham and, and God are having in this, in this playful, kind of surprising way. It's, it's, a, it's a comedy, not to mention the fact that the whole thing is based on something completely and utterly ridiculous. You, if your great-grandmother came into the room with her walker and said, I'm pregnant, you would laugh. You would just fall down laughing. It's ludicrous. It's just impossibly ridiculous, which is part of the point of the story. It's crazy. It's crazy. And it's not the first, what you may not realize, too, is that this is not the first time. It's not the first telling of this story. It's the second one. It's a redundant story. It was already told once. The first time it was told was a chap the chapter right before this one. God comes to Abraham and says, Sarah's going to have a, a baby. And in that version, Abraham laughs. He's the one. It, it literally says he falls on his face laughing out loud. You must be kidding, God. Something crawled into your oatmeal this morning. This is nuts. The other thing that's good to know is that the name Isaac literally means to laugh or he laughs. So what we have here is we have the first story where Abraham laughs, followed immediately by the second story, the one we just read, where Sarah laughs, and it all kind of culminates in this playful tension of laughter and bantering back and forth between God and Abraham and Sarah, where God looks at Abraham and says, why did she laugh? Sarah runs in and says, I did not laugh. And what does God say? Oh, yes, you did. And it stops right there and leaves us hanging with this kind of tense laughter of a moment. Comedic moment is kind of who's on first kind of thing. You almost picture God and Sarah from that point on just walking off into the distance, still going at it. I did not laugh. Oh, yes, you did laugh. No, I did not. Oh, yes, you did. Uh-uh, uh-huh. And they just keep going, you know, and you're just having a ball. Listen to him like brother and sister. And we're left there with this tense moment, not sure what to do with it for three whole chapters until the moment when Isaac is actually born in chapter 21, three chapters later. And when Isaac is born, the Bible has Sarah give this statement that encapsulates the whole thing, brings it to this wonderful resolve that good comedies do. He's born, and you can kind of picture her looking to heaven, and she says, God has given us the gift of laughter. God has given us the gift of laughter. Now, she's, of course, referring to Isaac's name. But I think she's also referring to the role that laughing has played through this entire ordeal. After all, it is through a laugh that Abraham and Sarah remain grounded in their faith 
It is through laughter that their souls were opened up to the impossible promises of God. It is through laughter that they both learned how to be humble by learning to laugh at themselves because the joke was all of a sudden on them. Learned how to be humble. Laughter can give us the great spiritual gift of humility. Humility. And we need that from time to time to be reminded that we're nothing more or less than human. Never forget a conversation I had with a friend of mine. <clears throat> I've told this story before, I believe, uh, but it's so good. I just love it. He said to me, he said, I, I will never forget a conversation I had with your grandfather years ago. And your grandfather had been invited to an installation service, to speak at an installation service for a mutual friend of ours. Big service. He was going to be the senior pastor, you know. That's how you say senior pastor. Not, not Clearly not for me, but everybody else. Senior pastor of a very large congregation. It's a big, big deal, you know. And he was invited to speak at this, at this installation. And... <clears throat> And I remember, my friend said, I remember sitting down with him for lunch before he was getting in the car to make the trip. I, was, I asked him, I said, what in the world are you going to say at this big, big service in this big church, in this in that big city? And he said, your granddad looked at me and he cocked a half smile and he said, well, I think I'm just going to go over there and lower their steeple a little bit. <laughs> now that's, that's what's happening in our story today. God is using laughter to keep Abraham and Sarah's steeple low. We need to be reminded of that. From we need our steeple brought down just a notch or two, to be reminded that we're not all that we think we are. We need to be reminded we're nothing more or less than human. I was talking to someone just last week, actually, who himself is a grandfather, and he said, we were talking, and we got on the subject, and he said, years ago, or a few years back, uh, I had a conversation with my grandson after his baby sister had just been born. And I said to him, I said, what, what's it like to have a baby sister? He looked at me and went, you know. So I told him, I said, well, I used to have a sister. She would have been your great aunt. You would have loved her. Really, Grandpa? What happened to her? Well, she died just a couple of years before you were born. And he didn't miss a step. He looked right at me and he said, well, to be honest, I'm kind of surprised that you're still around. Ah, <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> Spiritually speaking, we, we need those great reminders 
of our own humanity. A good laugh can do that. A good laugh can keep us grounded in our faith. A good laugh can dislodge some of the crud and open up our souls to the impossible promises of God. A good laugh can teach us to be humble. That's what a good laugh can do. Keep laughing, friends. Don't ever stop. Amen.